everybody. Welcome to the Hallmarkies podcast. We are really excited today to be talking again with one of our favorite writers who is writing for Hallmark Publishing and other books. We are talking with Lee Duncan today, and I am film producer Rachel Wagner, and Bree is here. Hi. Hi, Bree. Yes, and, <laughs> and Lee, thank you so much for coming on and talking with us again. Oh, it's wonderful to be here. I'm so thrilled to have this opportunity to talk books and and Hallmark. Yay! <laughs> yeah, so it's kind of crazy because last time we interviewed you was March 9th, 2020, oh, like boy. right before everything went nuts. <laughs> yes, yeah. Yeah, so what was... 2020 like for you how was that experience like for you it was a very long year and if I start crying (laughs) (laughs) I think we all felt like crying (laughs) yeah yeah um actually I got the contract or the offer to write a waterfront wedding on March 20th and so through the worst of the summer, I was writing, 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 buried in my little cave. And having that world to escape to during while, while the rest of the world was going crazy was just the biggest blessing of my life. So I was very thankful to have that book to work on. Yeah, because you had two books last year and then now this year right you have uh, unbelievable it's like we have like six books this year like a lot I have an incredible release schedule this year I have uh... (laughs) (laughs) yeah that is the best way I've ever heard it described an incredible release when I Less than that, like I mean, it just—I feel like <laughs> you had like a lot of writing and a lot of long yeah. nights, but it all led to an incredible release year. <laughs> right. <laughs> when yeah. I planned this all so, out, I thought, "Oh, I can, I can do six books. One's already finished, and and these others are shorter, and and we can do this." but I forgot all the other stuff that goes with releasing a book, you know, all the promos and talking to people like you and putting books up on different websites. So reviewers can see them. I'm like, Oh, I need to hire someone (laughs) (laughs) or clone myself. (laughs) Do you do anything fun on your release days? Um, Well, uh, I'm going to be talking on the Hallmark podcast, <laughs> Hallmarkies podcast. Yes. On yes. Yes. <laughs> what a way to celebrate release day, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Do you think it's been harder? Because I've talked to, I've talked to some writers who felt like it was a lot harder to write in the pandemic. And then, uh, and then others who have found it easier. Uh, did you have any either way? For me, it was easier. It was easier. I had to stay home. I wasn't going anywhere. My world was very insulated. And I I had all this time to concentrate on writing. And like I said before, escaping into these worlds where 
things are light and fun and uh, the people are really, really nice. <laughs> it, it made all the difference for me. So, yeah. But I do recognize that some people just yeah. struggled, you know, being able to cut out what's going on in the rest of the world. It is very, very difficult for some people. So, yeah, I've always been a mm-hmm. compartmentalizing person. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, I think for some people too, they that have little ones, it's it's harder because now they're all around. <laughs> I know. All day. I know. <laughs> my daughter and my daughter-in-law both have children at home who are doing the virtual schooling still, and I don't know how they do it. I just, you know, and some of the other writers for Hallmark have kids underfoot, and I'm like, how do you? How do you manage that? Or they're working from home and they have children and they're trying to write books. And I'm like, how how do you do that? (laughs) So So you said you got the contract right March 20th of 2020. Was was the story an idea that you pitched or does Hallmark come to you with an idea? Like how did that work? It was a story that I had pitched. We already had the first two books in the series, A Simple Wedding and A Cottage Wedding, were out and we had our, had been finished. And um, Stacy and I were looking around for a great idea to wrap up the series with. And we came up with the idea of, well, I came up with the idea of a wedding in a week which I just love. I love that whole concept and a deserving couple that, that wins this wedding in a week prize. And then two lifelong friends who fall in love while they're helping this wedding in a week couple get through that hectic, hectic <laughs> week. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 I, I thought it was a fun continuation because I, I really really enjoyed the first two and uh, especially I think the first one was probably my favorite of the three uh, mm-hmm. because I really liked that he wasn't uh, weirded out by the fact that she'd been like lying to him all this time and he was just like <laughs> he, he he was just he he, he saw an in he yeah. had a moment and he was like all right let's do this <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Howdy about it, which I was so I was like, yes, that's what you would do in real life. Right. You're really in love with somebody. You you would maybe have a moment, but for the most part, you'd be like, yes, yeah, this right. worked out great. <laughs> it's not like this long, drawn out, dramatic. Yes, right. <laughs> Rachel yeah. doesn't like when a hero feels like a baby. Yes. <laughs> so that makes total sense, Rachel. <laughs> Right, right. You've learned quickly. <laughs> yeah. So, so I really liked the ending of that one. It was it was very good. Uh, but yeah, it's this one you have, uh, it's called A Waterfront Wedding. Right. And you have Evelyn and Ryan yes. as your leads here. Mm-hmm. And this is basically a story of kind of a second chance romance. Yes. And I... I was curious, Lee, do you have a favorite of sort of the tropes of, uh, that would be of romance it. writing? 
Yeah, it that would be would a second chance. Second chance romance. I just <laughs> love to write them. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> what do you like about them so much? Well, I'm basically a lazy writer. So with a second chance romance, I don't have to build all the lead up. These characters already know each other. And so half of mm. my work is already done. And, and that that makes it a lot easier for me. But I also like discovering secrets, like in, in a waterfront wedding. They both discover things about each other that even though they've known each other their whole lives, they didn't realize this. And, and that makes it a lot more yeah. fun to write as well. So. Mm-hmm. Well, and this one was fun because they didn't even know that the other one had been interested in each other as opposed to other second chance romances where they had dated or in high school sweethearts. They, they had no idea. Right. Yeah. So that was fun. I love that. That's, that's probably one of my favorite like strings of second chance when like you Mm -hmm. grew up around this person your whole life and y'all just, you just kept missing each other or you kept missing the mm-hmm. point and then later on in life it's like I was crazy about you well I was crazy about you too <laughs> just, <Yeah>. and it's <laughs> so funny to hear you say that like you consider yourself a lazy writer so that's one of your favorite tropes I think second chance has to be the hardest trope to pull off one of the hardest oh, because okay I just I, I feel like sometimes you read second chance romance and it just really misses the mark. Like we don't really understand how it didn't work out or they were awful together. So like you don't really need to be back together. Like there's just so many things that can go wrong. So yeah. I think it's really brave to do second chance. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree with Brie. I think it can be really tricky because, uh, because they can hold the grudges too long and yeah. then you're just like, Stop it. Again, stop being a baby. Stop being a baby. (laughs) Yes. You're an adult. Move on. (laughs) Uh, I mean, I really dislike Bridezilla's is my most disliked trope. But yeah, the being a baby is is also not my favorite. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that's, that's something that you see a lot in Second Chance is like, we have to believe that like why you're holding this grudge. Like it just has to feel believable or it's going to feel stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And right. I, I don't feel like I don't see any laziness in your books at all. <laughs> I'll just oh, say yay. that. <laughs> <laughs> so did you have anybody that kind of inspired you with uh, Evelyn and Ryan and their characters that you were kind of thinking of? Well, uh, Actually, yes, my son and his wife were best friends for years before they started dating each other. And they didn't want to the relationship to go any further than that because they were afraid they would lose that friendship. And they were so close. But when they took the chance, everything worked out beautifully. So... I'm, yeah. So in a sense, I used them as a building block for Ryan and Evelyn's story. And I just love Evelyn. She's just one of my favorite 
characters. You know, she's so feisty and she's always sticking her foot in her mouth and she's, you know, always making the mis- <laughs> mistakes. And I just wanted her to find the right guy. <laughs> so. And what inspired you to give her red hair? Oh, I have two redheaded granddaughters. They have okay. beautiful, <laughs> long red hair. It's gorgeous. And I think I'm a little envious. <laughs> so. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, so are would you say that you are a competitive person, kind of like Evelyn and Ryan? No, I don't think so. I, I mean, I like to win. Who doesn't like to win? But uh-huh. I, I'm not very, there's so much uh, cutthroat in being competitive, and I'm, I'm not that way. So uh, I find it easier not to compete than, <laughs> than to have to do something that goes against my moral compass. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, I wish that I wasn't competitive. I definitely can be competitive, which is good that I uh, have my group of co-hosts that they can kind of talk me off the ledge sometimes. <laughs> don't be so competitive. But yeah, I don't know. What about you, Brie? Do you, do you feel like you're competitive? Not anymore. Yeah, not, yeah, I'm pretty chill now. Like growing up playing yeah. playing sports and stuff, I think that definitely inspired me to like feel like I was going to do my best. And, you know, but I learned real quick, like you're not going to win everything. <laughs> and Like now as a mom trying to teach that lesson to my kids, like yeah. you're not going to beat the video game level every time. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. But I think that having this wedding in a week uh, weekend was a fun device to kind of, force them to work together, uh, but to not have it be just party planning the whole time, which I don't care for. Uh, but I did, I don't know, to give them something to do for the story. Yeah. And I liked that we got to revisit some of our favorite places in Hearts mm-hmm. Lane. Um, writing this book, I kind of knew going through it that this was probably going to be the last book in the series. And so I wanted to give readers the ability to, to go back to the flower shop and to, to go to the cake, the bakery and all the places that we fell in love with the, the other two books. Plus, we introduced a few new places, which was a lot of fun. I, I love the rental shop that they went to where they, um, they found the linens and, and the table setting for the, for the wedding. That was a lot of fun. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Where did, where did you base Hearts Landing off of again? Well, it's, it's really just a kind of a made-up place fictional place Mm -hmm. although um it's set in an area very much like newport rhode island was okay in the 70s (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah Uh, (laughs) i i i think it you did a good job with that with kind of setting the 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 scene and creating uh the just the environment of the town Mm -hmm. 
that uh, was a lot of fun. And sometimes it could be frustrating with Evelyn and and Ryan because they just kept kind of missing each other, just Mm -hmm. barely. You're like, ah, come on. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I have to go talk to my dad now. (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) Right. So when does this uh, waterfront, when, when does it get released? Comes out on April 20th, 20th on April 20th. Oh, days away. Be, I know, just, just a few days. And, and actually mm-hmm. this, this podcast will air on the 20th, right? So today. <laughs> <laughs> and then. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, yeah. Is that right? Well, happy we'll release day. The- Yay. We'll have it on the nineteenth, actually. The 19th. Yeah. Okay, tomorrow. <laughs> so, um, when you sat and- down to write this, did you know, like, this is going? When you when you sat down to write this book, were you aware, like, this is the last book in the series? Like, in your heart, was it like, this is it? It's time to wrap it up. Like, as a writer, I'm sure you know, but can you like explain it to us, like, how you know? when to not drag something out like it's good but it's time to end it while it's still good rather than like dragging it out when when we first uh, when i was talking with stacy donovan who's the director of hallmark publishing about this series in the very beginning we thought it might be a bit longer we thought maybe five to seven books in the series um but hallmark's uh, shifting a little bit in their focus. And so we needed to make this a little bit shorter series. Now I, I had almost all of Heart of Waterfront Wedding written when we made the decision that this would be the last book in the series. So I, um, I went back in and I added an epilogue to it that kind of wrapped up Ryan and, and Evelyn's story. And I thought that was a really good opportunity to have. I was very, very glad that I found that out before the book went to press because it gave me a chance to go back through during the editing process and, and add in a little, a little bit more that kind of gave it a let's wrap up the books, let's wrap up the series feel to it. So, yeah. Were you working on the Gifted Sugar Sand series while you were writing Waterfront Wedding or were they separate? Oh, no. <laughs> no, I write one book at a time. Okay. okay. <laughs> one book at a time and I write from beginning to end. <laughs> I don't, you know, some writers know. will write a scene here and a scene there and a scene in the middle and then they'll kind of put it all together like stitching a a quilt or uh, mm-hmm. putting blocks together at the end, they'll put it, but not me. I have to start at the beginning and I just follow the story all the way through. And, uh, mm-hmm. and that's, that's what I did with waterfront. And then after that was finished, then I started on gift. So. Okay. I think that would be the way I would do it because I think it would be conf- confusing to try to voices. Keep all the- yeah, 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 yeah. I think it would yeah. be. I don't know. I hard. do have I do have several friends who write multiple series 
multiple books at and and sometimes they're writing book A in the morning and book B in the afternoon and I'm like how do you do that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are you like writing in a notebook or do you use your computer? I write uh, I type everything on the computer, but I have a big notebook that I keep um let's see all my all my notes and everything on each book. I have a notebook for each one. So, <laughs> oh wow, yeah. it's a pretty cover to the notebook, I will say. <laughs> that is really cool. Have you got a Hallmarky Hardy postable or sleuther in your life? Are you looking for the perfect gift for your loved one? Look no further than the Hallmarkies Podcast merch store. We have designs from artists like Jessica Miller and Carrie at Hallmark Comics. We at the store you can declare your team like hashtag team Lucas or hashtag team Nathan. And you can also have your hashtag shirts with hashtag postables, hashtag hardies, hashtag goodies. We've got the Love Me Like series where you can get designs such as Love Me Like Nick Loves Aurora. And there's also great stories beyond Hallmark like Anne and Gilbert from Anna Green Gables or even Han and Leia from Star Wars. And it's not just shirts, but notebooks, mugs, pillows, and cell phone cases. Your support of the merch store helps keep the podcast going, and we are so appreciative. There are frequent sales, so go to tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies or follow the link in the description. That's tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies. So let's talk about this, the gift at Sugar Sand Inn. Okay. So I didn't realize going into it that this wasn't a romance. Correct. It's women's fiction. And it's um, yeah. a so what was bit of romance in it, but it's very, very peripheral. So yeah, yeah. So how did that end up happening? That you ended up writing in this different genre. Women's fiction has always been my heart. It's where I started out writing, and it's um, it's what I've always wanted to do, and I kind of fell into romance uh i was i was working on an angsty angsty women's fiction book 20 years ago i guess and um katherine kasky and sophia nash talked to me one day and they said you know you you're lighthearted and you're you're funny sometimes and and you can make us laugh why are you writing angsty, heavy-duty women's fiction? And I said, well, I do have this story about a newcomer who's come to Florida, and um, and and a hurricane is, is about to land, and she has to evacuate, and she doesn't think she has to until a hunky cop comes to her door. And they said, yeah, write that. <laughs> that sounds like fun. Write that story. Yeah. <laughs> so I wrote it, and um, that became The Officer's Girl, which was the first book I sold, and I sold that to Harlequin. And uh, and then after that, I just kept writing romance, and um, gosh, 24 books later, I'm circling back around to women's fiction. So, yeah. To where it all started. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. You think that one is easier to write than the other or 
they're both different and challenging in different ways. They're both challenging in their own ways. Um, the romance, you have to really, romances, you have to really focus on the hero and the heroine and the conflict that drives that romance and um, the things that would just tear them apart and how they overcome that. Where with the women's fiction, or at least this series of women's fiction, um, it's it's more fantasy. It's it's what we want life to be like. You know, if that, if you have to start over in your forties or your fifties, and um, everything just kind of falls into place. And you have good friends to back you up and new experiences to enjoy and life on the beach. What could be better? It's more, it's fantasy women's fiction, I think, is where we're going. So, Hmm. I actually see a lot of, like, the looking at the cover of, of that, that, the pink book, um, sugar mm-hmm. sand in there's mm-hmm. like, if you get on Amazon, you get recommended so many books with <laughs> that. The cover looks the same, the summaries and it, it, it sounds kind of like escapist women's fiction in the best way possible. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it, yes. there's, you know, definitely there's like some hard hitting stuff, but I think right. that's what I love about women's fiction is like, you're getting, it's the heroine journey. Like it's that, that's the core of the story is like what this woman is going through. And then to have it set in like these really pretty cozy locations, it's like the icing on the cake. Yeah. <laughs> more sort of, I guess, intense than I was expecting. I don't know. I was just expecting it to be a little bit fluffier in a good way, but, uh, but yeah, so that's, it surprised me. Uh, and, this group of friends, is that something that you kind of based on your life at all? Or uh, how did you get the inspiration for this group of girls, women? I I have some of the best friends. And all through my life, I, friends have just made the difference in, in how things turned out. You know, it having a friend that you can use as a sounding board, having somebody to offer you advice, uh, somebody to go pal around with, you know, go to the movies so that you don't feel like you have to have a guy on your arm every minute of the day. (laughs) So I just, I love my girlfriends. I just love my girlfriends. And um, I, this book, this series gives me the opportunity to explore that friendship. So and and as mm-hmm. far as not being a fluffy, yeah. I'm just not a fluffy writer. I just I don't think I ever could be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it definitely wasn't. And and when I say I don't, when I say fluffy, just that I was expecting it to be sort of more of like a beach read kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh no, that's not this at all. At and, all. and like I said, in a good way, it was yeah. a surprise. Uh, so it starts out with the meet the one of the lead characters is Michelle, right? And 
she's lost her husband. She's just really struggling and she might be losing her home. She has to sell her home uh, because the life insurance is coming and running out. And she finds out that she has, well, she knew she was adopted, but she finds out that her birth mother has left her this in uh, and yeah, so she was a pretty uh, interesting character. Uh, what what was your sort of? How did you develop this character? Um, I have a lot of friends who I'm I'm in my sixties, and I have a lot of friends who have lost their husbands and are having to start over. And it, watching them struggle, watching them set new goals for themselves, watching them. Find, carve out a new life, a different life. That's kind of what I wanted for Michelle. I wanted her to be able to, she's, she's past that place where grief is so overwhelming and she's ready to move on, but she doesn't know what to do with her life. And she's faced with all of these obstacles. She's going to lose the house that she's raised her children in. Her kids are not happy with her because of the financial situation. They've had silver spoons in their mouths all the way through, and now they don't. And um, watching her struggle with that and find solutions with that uh, by first the surprise inheritance, but then having her friends come together and say, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to take this house and we're going to um, turn it into an inn and um, live our lives, uh, fulfilled our lives. I just, I love that whole concept of them starting over and, and making new lives, successful lives for themselves. Mm-hmm. I like that too. Cause yeah, her kids were kind of, hmm, they were, they were pretty bratty. <laughs> they are are, and they are going to continue to be bratty until they're not Uh (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah, you have more you have more of these this series coming out this year and are they going to be about the focusing on the different women or is they going to continue michelle's story Yes, um, book two, um, The Secret at Sugar Sand Inn, will release May 14th, and that focuses on Reggie, um, the gardener girl, the landscaper. Um, Her husband and she had been trying to have a baby, and um, when she found out for sure that that just wasn't in the cards, their marriage broke up. And so she's at a crisis point in her life, and it's just the perfect time for her to throw in her lot with Michelle and the others to to uh, open this inn and in Florida. And then the third book, The Cafe at Sugar Sand Inn, is Nina's book. She's a chef in an upscale restaurant in Virginia. But um, there's been a change in management, and the new sous chef wants to replace everybody that's on staff with his own family and friends. So she needs to find a new new job, new line of work. So good timing for her, too. 
And then Aaron, it will be uh, the reunion at Sugar Sand Inn, and that will come out in October. And uh, she's a world traveler who's kind of ready to put down some roots. And so opening the inn oh. gives her a chance to settle down and, and uh, you know, make a home for herself for the rest of her life. Uh, and then <clears throat> the last book in the series, uh, Christmas at Sugar Sand Inn, all of the uh, characters and the kids and family members all descend on the end for, for a big Christmas uh, holiday. So. That's amazing. All this, this, this year, all those coming out. All those. Lots of writing. How did you do that? Or how are <laughs> you doing writing. that? Lots of editing. <laughs> Lots of admin work. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. But you see the start of all of those stories in this first book. Yes. Yes. Yeah. The first book kind of lays the groundwork for everybody else's story. So, and there will be threads that will continue through all of the books. So in Sugar Sand End, we meet, um, in The Gift, we meet um, Dave, the lawyer, the attorney, and he's kind of a love interest for Michelle. And we get to see their, their relationship blossom throughout the, the other four books in the series. And then uh, Reggie meets someone special in the second book. And Nina meets someone special in the third book. And so we, we get to see a little bit more of each one of their relationships as the series progresses. And we get to see what happens with the end because there'll be hurdles that they will have to overcome with the end in each of the books in the series. Do you have a favorite of these women to write for? Oh boy. I like Erin because she kind of tells it as it is. She doesn't really take much guff from anybody. And, um, you know, each one of them has something that I just love about them. I like Michelle's strength. I like that she doesn't let the things that get thrown in her path uh, trip her up. Um, I like Reggie pulling herself together and uh, and Nina ready to forge a new life for herself. I, they're all really special to me. That's what's mm-hmm. fun about a, fi- a friend group, like friend groups and books is that I think you can see yourself in a little bit of yourself in each of the women. Right, right. I'm really excited about Aaron though. I'm like, I love stories when it's somebody that's like kind of made their living traveling because who want, who doesn't mm-hmm. want to like travel for a living? I definitely right. do. And then they're right. like, I kind of want to settle down now and just yeah. how that's going to go. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think especially in 2021 like we all are kind of hoping to be able to travel again and thinking about that more and more and I know for me I actually scheduled a trip in July and I am so it's just like a little trip but I'm like ah yeah so (laughs) I'm going somewhere we all need that (laughs) yeah I know in uh September I'm going to the NINC conference over in Tampa 
Novelists Incorporated. And that'll be my first big conference since all of this mess started. I am so looking forward to it. It'll be that'll be amazing. Yeah. I mean, I think we all are just appreciating group experiences a lot more. Yes. yes. Than we used to. But thank mm-hmm. goodness for yeah. for all of these virtual um, uh, programs like Zencaster and Zoom. And yeah, uh, yeah. I'm so glad we that this happened at this time instead of a hundred years ago when we would be isolated in our homes and not have any way to communicate. Mm -hmm. When you were writing for Nina, did you watch a lot of like food network and stuff like that? I love the food network. (laughs) I love it. It's so much fun. (laughs) And I love cooking. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So yes. <laughs> it's been fun to write her making all those sauces. <laughs> right. And right. the and the the uh was the guy is was it Chad? The guy I forget Chad. The yeah. one who ruined her sauce. The sushi. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Chad. The, yes. The villainy. <laughs> oh yeah. He's a terrible person. <laughs> Yes, he ruined her sauce. What? Yeah. And then he blamed her for it. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Too much salt in the sauce. Yeah. Mm. I mean, he seems like he's actively hurting his restaurant, but I guess he has his people that he wants to get in right. on the restaurant. So, right. I don't know why he doesn't just start a new restaurant if he has so many talented people. You know, one thing I had to find out uh, in this was what it costs to really open a restaurant. And I was blown away by how much money you have to have to really open a a good restaurant. So, yeah. It's true. It seems such such a glamorous life. And it's one of those lives that you learn about and you're like, gosh, this this sounds really hard to do. Yeah, yeah. But it, people will say, "Don't you want to open a bed and breakfast and and have have all these people at at your place all the time?" And I'm like, "Do you know how hard that is?" Right. <laughs> <laughs> that breakfast doesn't get on the table by itself. Exactly. Five. <laughs> So Reggie has the most, I think, trauma in the book as far as her husband leaving and that experience. And so what was that like for you to write? I did. I shed a few tears while I was writing uh, Reggie's introduction. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I've seen uh, close family members who've gone through all the infertility treatments and struggled so hard to have a family and and how they came to grips with that not happening for them. And so I was able to pull some of those experiences and put them into Reggie's story. And that's one of the things that I really like about this series is that there's so many life experiences in these books and, and 
they're they're real and you're able to incorporate those things that you've experienced and your friends have experienced into a story that gives it a, a touch of realism that you may not have in a lighthearted romance like uh, Waterfront Wedding. I mean, it's nice that you have both because, I mean, especially because I was reading both kind of at the same time. Right. And so flipping back and forth between them, it was kind of nice. <laughs> You know, you got the more intense stuff, and then the 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 more uh, the more romantic, fun stuff, and and go flipping back and forth was was kind of nice. I mean, it shows a lot of versatility as a writer for you. That's it impressive. was fun, yeah, it was fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we like to end our interviews with some fun, silly questions, and last time you did the regular questions and now we have the holiday themed questions holiday so you have to put on your christmas hat for a little bit okay <laughs> okay ready <laughs> first question what is your favorite holiday drink mm, eggnog mm-hmm. eggnog yeah. yeah all right what is your favorite what's your favorite holiday cookie or treat mm. My favorite. I like wedding cookies. Those little um, shortbread cookies with lots of nuts in them and you roll them in, in confectioner sugar. Yeah, those. <laughs> they kind of melt in your mouth. Yeah, I love those. <laughs> Very good. I love those too. Uh, what is your favorite Christmas song or carol? Silent Night. I, 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 yeah, I just love that song. Beautiful song, yeah. Yeah, I can't sing it, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> you do that one by guitar, which is nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is your favorite classic Christmas movie? Mm. Oh, Christmas movie. Well, Miracle on 34th Street has to be. Yeah. That's a good one. Uh, I like that one. Okay. Uh, what? Uh, which do you like better, Scrooge or the Grinch? Scrooge. Scrooge. I like Scrooge. <laughs> clear lights or colored? Clear. Okay. Would you rather be in a snowball fight or build a snowman? Build a snowman. Yeah, okay. none of that competition. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that competition. No. <laughs> build a snowman. <laughs> Uh, what, uh, would you consider yourself a good gift wrapper or not? No, no, I am not. I try, but Same. I am not. I'm awful. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so embarrassing. <laughs> I I if I really this... focus, I can do an okay job. Yeah. I put all this time and effort into picking out the right presents, you know, and then right. I'm like, after that, then I have to wrap it? <laughs> why? for several several years we used paper bags brown paper bags and we we would get them at the grocery store and we would turn them inside out we would wrap all of our gifts in brown paper bags and put big red bows on them and i love that was fine with me (laughs) 
I've asked my husband, like, why can't we just get everybody a really pretty box and put all of their stuff in their own box? And he's like, we have to wrap the presents. <laughs> so he does the wrapping. <laughs> that's, see, that's a dream marriage right there. Yeah. <laughs> Balance. All right. Last question. Do you have an ugly Christmas sweater? Oh, I didn't think I did, but I showed up at a party once with um, a Christmas sweater on and the hostess's husband said, yeah, no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. It's like that last, um, that God, Paul Campbell and Kimberly Sustad movie. And she like shows up and she's like, nine lives. Yeah. She's like, you didn't tell me that this was an ugly sweater party. (laughs) He's like, oh, "Oh, we're just going in. We're here now. Well, see, that's like a true ugly Christmas sweater. Yeah. It's not like one of these made, manufactured ugly. Like this is, this is uh, you didn't even you didn't know, know that you were wearing an ugly. <laughs> I did not know. Those are the best. <laughs> that is funny. So, very good. You answered all the questions. Yay! Do I get a prize? <laughs> Get to keep writing more great books. More great Yay. books. <laughs> I have to ask no. before we end. So you said you you sold your first book to Harlequin. Mm-hmm. How did writing category? How did we end up from there to now writing for Hallmark? And does that did that help you any? Because every time I read a Hallmark book, I read a lot of category romances, and I'm like, this feels very similar to some of the category romances I read. Mm-hmm. You think the Hallmark books feel similar to they the feel very romance? similar? Yeah. yeah, I think so. I think so. I think they have a lot of the same, um, not tropes exactly, although, yes, we do use the same tropes, but a lot of the same devices. There has to be a black moment, there has to be uh, a, a conflict that keeps them apart but drives them together at the same time so you know there there are a lot of similarities in that and I I really think writing for Harlequin made me a stronger writer it definitely made me a faster writer because you know you first your first book you might spend a year or two writing the book you know you think you might you're doing good by writing 500 words a day and uh, then you get your second contract and you have to crank that book out in six months or less (laughs) so yeah yeah so I, I learned an awful lot writing for Harlequin and I believe that Everything you learn as a writer, you can apply to your next book. You just take that right along with you to your next book or your next series. Always growing, always expanding. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a favorite book of all the books you've written? Of all the books I've written? Oh, my my favorite is always the last book I just wrote. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Good answer. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. I mean, it, it. How much? How much every day do you write? If you have these six books this year, you must write a lot. I, I've always approached writing as a pretty much full time job. So mm-hmm. I'm 
I'm at it uh, by nine o'clock in the morning, and I usually try to knock off around five or six in the evenings. I might be doing a lot of that admin work on my laptop while I'm watching TV at night, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> but not the writing. No, that's that's mm-hmm. dedicated time. <laughs> so that's great. Yeah. Well, we're excited for the new series and the new books and uh, we think people should definitely check it out. We'll have links to both waterfront wedding and the gift of sugar sand in, in the description, people should take a look and uh, I think you'll really enjoy kind of the ending of a series and the beginning of a series. So that's sort of unique. Yeah. Yeah. Yay. Mm -hmm. It's been so nice (laughs) being here today. Thank you so much. Thank you for chatting with us. Yeah. So if people want to follow you on social media or whatever, how can they do that? On Facebook, I'm at Lee Duncan Books. And um, Twitter, it's Lee R. Duncan, but I don't go on Twitter very much. Um, On Instagram, (laughs) Instagram, it's, I like Instagram. It's always, it's a, it's a fun place to visit. And um, (laughs) Again, that's Lee Duncan Books on Instagram. And then my website, leeduncan.com. Great. And Bree, how can people find you? I'm on Instagram at Falling for Romance, and I have all of my links in my bio. Yay! Great. And you can, you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Ron Tomatoes. So check all of that out. And also make sure you're following the podcast, A Hallmarkies Pod and Hallmarkies Podcast all over social media. And if you are listening on iTunes, please leave your ratings and reviews. That helps us out so much. And if you're watching on YouTube, please give this video a thumbs up, subscribe to the channel. We appreciate that so much. We also have our patron group, which is really fun. And we are going to be having this weekend. We are having a very special patron perk where Mary Lou Henner is joining us in for a Q and a just for the patrons. And so it's only $2 a month to participate and you can ask Mary Lou Henner anything you want, which is incredible. And we're really excited about that this Saturday. So please take a look at that. And then we also have our merch store, which has lots of fun homework inspired merch. So please take a look at that as well. And thank you so much, Lee. This was a delight to talk with you and congratulations and incredible accomplishment that you've been able to do this with these, these two books and then the ones coming incredible. Thank you. Thank you. So, uh, and yeah, if you have read either of the books, let us know your thoughts in the comments section and we'd love to talk about it. And uh, thanks again. And we'll talk to y'all later. Bye everyone.